A parent came to church one Christmas season after Christmas Eve and their children had gotten their presents and told me the story and it was so funny, I'll, I'll never forget it. They said, they said their 10-year-old their had been harping on them for a long time. They wanted this specific bicycle for Christmas. I want this bicycle. This would just be wonderful if I would get this bicycle for Christmas. And when they made sure that their child had that bicycle and, and he saw the, the bicycle, this is what he said. This is the greatest day of my entire life. <laughs> I'll never forget that thinking. And we laugh a little bit because we think, oh, no, you got some great days coming, son. You have no idea. And this bike will fade, you know, in its glory. Um, I remember a five-speed bike that was about, I was about 11, that was felt like the greatest day of my life that I got for Christmas. Uh, but it's gone by the wayside after many years, right? The way that we feel when we hear a 10-year-old exclaim that about something we know is obviously much more temporary than they realize is the way that God feels when he sees us look at any other day of our life on earth and say, this is the greatest day of my life. Um, I know that may be hard for you because I'm, I'm minimizing the days of your life, but it's only so that with Jesus, I can give you something better. One of our daughter-in-laws uh, put, put on a, a, you know, I think you can get a, a service to do this and they'll frame it for you and send it for Christmas one year. It, it says at the bottom, the dates of our lives that were for, the dates that our lives were forever changed. And then the first date is when Mary and I got married. And the next date is the date of the four boys' birthday. And we, Mary keeps this in her, her work office. Maybe she didn't even notice it that I take it, took it out this morning. <laughs> I'd have probably gotten in trouble for doing that. Uh, it's a reminder that our marriage and our children are, are, in earthly ways, the biggest blessings, right? But they're still not. Those are still not the greatest. Sometimes we feel like, like these pictures I've got in front of you, we feel like graduation or wedding day, the birth of a grandchild, or when our kids win the big game or our, we win the big game, greatest day of our life. You know, your own personal death day is not quite, even though you'll become a saint triumphant, the greatest day of your life, because there's something still yet to be fulfilled. And that is on judgment day, which will be the greatest day of your life on earth, the last one, and then the first one of eternity, your body will rejoin your soul. See that when you die and go to heaven, your soul leaves your body. But when you, when on, the, on the greatest and last day, your, your body rejoins your soul in a glorified state. Why am I so confident that I can say that? Well, it only would be because Jesus says it. I'm not saying it by myself. I'm just echoing as a preacher of Jesus what Jesus says. And, and it's our treasure today to let Jesus preach to us. It's in John chapter 5. It'll be on the screens. It's, on your, it's in your worship folder also. You can find it in the Pew Bible. It's, it, if you have a red letter Bible, there's a lot of red letters in these, this, these two pages. It's part of a larger, what we call discourse, that's Jesus. But it, it's only a part of it. And it's chosen for Saints Triumphant Sunday because Jesus is talking about the triumph of Christians who believe in him, people who believe in him are Christians. The triumph we have by being in heaven. From judgment day 
on. And we're going to look at it. And we're going to say, the greatest day of your life is yet to come, which is actually freedom. It's freedom from the things that disappoint you, but it's also freedom from the things that enamor you like that bicycle for that little 10-year-old. Let's let Jesus talk to us, okay? Remember, whenever Jesus says, very truly I say to you, he's saying, this is like the cream of the crop truth. There's truth below that that's still truth, right? But when he says, verily I say to you, it's like, you're supposed to make a note of this one for sure because it's going to be one of those foundations in your life when you need it the most. That's what very truly means. You're going to need this the most. Very truly, I say to you, a time is coming, and I'm going to pause right there, listen carefully, and has now come. He's talking about while he was saying the words, it's already come. And has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he granted the Son also to have life in himself. I'm going to stop there. This is point number one in Jesus' little part of his discourse here. The greatest day of your life will be judgment day at the end of all earthly time because you have eternal life right now. What does that mean? Sometimes we do you a disservice when we carve out a section of what somebody is writing or saying in the Bible to preach it to you. But we got to carve it somewhere. The verse right before this, paraphrasing, goes like this. God the Father gave me the words of salvation to speak to you. If you believe my words, you have crossed over from death to life. You are alive. This is John 5 that I'm mentioning, verse 24. John 17, in the high priestly prayer, Jesus says, This is eternal life, Father, that they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The, in this verse 25, the words has now come means that what Jesus is talking about, the dead hearing the voice of God and living, is about your conversion, not about judgment day. Judgment day is in the next verse, 26, 27, 28. But in verse 25, it's talking about you coming to faith. You've heard the words of Christ and his message is different See, in, in chapter 5, he says, I've come down from heaven to give you the message that's different than the world's. There are tons of world religions. And they all have main messages. And the main message of every world religion is somehow, you got to work your way up to God. When Jesus came down from heaven, the main message was, you can't work your way up to us, so we came down to you. And God sent his own son to live and die in your place. If you hear these words and you believe them, you've crossed over from death to life. You have eternal life because you believe in Christ. That's what he's saying. Remember when you were laughing at me and I was rattling off verses? One of the verses I rattled off was Revelation 20. In Revelation 20, there's a whole bunch of bad teaching about the first resurrection and the second resurrection and a thousand year reign of Christ. Most Christians believe the bad teaching about Revelation 20. The good teaching is the first resurrection is you coming to faith. Ephesians 2 says you were dead in your sins. 
until you came to live in, live, alive in Christ when I preached the gospel to you. So when Jesus says the day has now come that the dead will hear the voice, my voice and live, it's hearing Christ. Now I'm going to say something that's very subjective. You don't have to entirely agree, but I bet you have some agreement. You can tell when someone is trusting in Christ or not. Now you can't tell completely. You can't read hearts. But, but it shows in what they think and believe about what Jesus is and what he says. Is he your only means of salvation? Do you have trouble with the statement, there's only one way? I don't because the Spirit of God has taught me and you that only Jesus could do it all. And he did it all for everyone. And so when the liberal world is yapping in our ear, oh, you can't be so bold as to say there is only one way and that your Jesus is the only way, I'll say there's only one elephant and if three blind men were touching the elephant, they'd all have a different description, but the guy that can see knows what it is. <laughs> I've seen Jesus, not in person, but in the gospel. And so have you. I'm alive. I'm going to heaven. It's a, it's a confidence of faith that Jesus is talking about that's a gift of ours, which means the greatest day of our lives, we can say, even if we're not feeling it at the moment, we can still say it, yes, it's going to be judgment day and beyond. I don't know how, because I got some great lot, moments in life. I don't want to minimize them, but that's going to be my greatest moment forever. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, I'm going to tell you real quickly two things that you need to have right now that will comfort you about Judgment Day and beyond that are going to, that are going to make you anticipate it as the greatest day of your life. The next, the next few verses. The first one is that, get this, okay, hold on to your seats, Lutherans. You will be rewarded for your good works. Every single one of them. You will. Look what Jesus says. Verse 28. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice, meaning Son of Man, and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Isn't it interesting that Jesus here describes those going to heaven as those who have done good? I don't think if that were written in a first sermon at our church by a vicar, that I would have passed that. I'd have said, no, you got to scratch that. you got to say those who believe in Christ. We don't want to be unclear that you're saved by grace through faith. How dare you say that to Jesus, though? Oh, Jesus, you should have said that a little better. Why, why did you say that they, they would be rewarded for the good that they would do? Well, 
Jesus in verse 24 has just said, if you believe that the father sent me to save you, you will, you've passed over from death to life. So you have to understand when you read your Bible, he's not talking to the person you think he's talking to. You know who he's talking to? The, per, the Christian who's, who, who is prone, and that's you and me, who's prone to struggle with the inequities of living on the earth. The inequities. What, are, what does pastor mean? You do good and you don't get rewarded. Right? Not all the time. You sometimes when you do, you work hard at a job and you do your very best. And then you get mistreated or let go or your perception is it's so unfair and you're chafed. And it's in marriage too. You get chafed in marriage because you feel like it's just not fair. I, I, the good and the heart with which I'm doing it is not being understood or rewarded. It's just not fair, right? It's not right. People get away with not paying attention to how good I am. And what does Jesus say? Dear believer. Remember what I said, believer. By faith, you've done so many good things. Reckoning day is not by humans in your marriage, your family, your work, your church, your cop that pulls you over or whatever. Reckoning day is with your Lord and Savior on judgment day. Go look at Matthew 25. Remember the list I gave you? Go look. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to quote from it. But Matthew 25, Jesus has this list. When I was naked, you, came, you gave me clothes. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. When I was hungry, you fed me. Right? He, he, he sees all the good deeds of a Christian. But when did he divide the sheep from the goats? Before he said anything. And on what basis did he divide them? As he looks forward to judgment day. On the basis of faith. To the believers, he doesn't mention one of their failures. Sins of commission or omission. He just mentions how they express their faith. And every single one will be rewarded. When you're chafing, when you're wanting to whine or complain or press others to acknowledge the good that you did, stop and remember on judgment day, God will commend you and even reward you for everything you did in good faith, out of good faith in Jesus. That's what he's talking about. The day is coming when I will sit on the bema, the, the judgment seat, and I will judge the world based on faith in me, heaven or hell. Once I've got everybody collected that's going to heaven, this is, I, I saw your whole life and all the faithful ways you served me, and every single one in heaven will be rewarded. Not one will be missed. You know what that is? That's called justice. Just because there's grace doesn't mean that justice seeks to ex ceases to exist. And this is something we don't say often because we're so worried about leading you to think that you earn heaven when you don't. But your soul needs this affirmation. You don't have to have people's approval for your good life. You've got Jesus. He'll, he'll tell you on judgment day. Remember the famous saying from his lips, well done, thou good and Faithful servant. That's about judgment day. Then he says though. Just as fast as he says that. The third point for today. He says don't worry that all the things that you 
chafe about others' evil deeds not being punished. It'll be taken care of. It will. Here's what he says. Back to verse 29. What good, uh, those who did good will rise to live, but those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. I remember, uh, I've told you this story, so if you've been around me a long time, I know you've heard it before, but I had a high school coach that taught health class in a public school, and he's a Christian, and he let the class one day just go on and on and on about Judgment Day. Apparently, he had heard a sermon at his church that last Sunday, and it was on his mind. Some kid brought it up, and he just let the conversation roll. And I remember leaving the classroom, walking down the hall to the next class with one of my, my public school classmates who was not a Christian, and he just said, He said, Donald, I just hope I'm dead when judgment day comes so I don't have to be there. (laughs) Well, I've been taught well in my Lutheran confirmation class. I said, oh, you'll be there. Everybody's going to be there. Well, I couldn't have told him this verse, but now I could, right? Everybody's going to be there. We're all going to be raised from the dead. We're going to be there, right? Interesting. I I, I still see him out there on Facebook, and I want to ask him about that. He's a retired anesthesiologist now. You'll be there. You'll be judged. Do you want the evil people to go to hell? Don't forget, you're an evil people by nature. (laughs) But when you're upset about people getting away with evil, people that are committed to evil, when you sound like David at the end of Psalm 139, I hate them with a perfect hatred. (laughs) Yeah, you feel that way sometimes, right? You get that news on your phone. You hear about people committed to killing others. You hear about the Taliban. You hear about the notorious bad, right? The 10 o'clock news. And you think, this is so unfair that so many evil people get away with this. People on both sides of the political aisle feel that way about the, uh, the presidents that get elected on the other side. He's so evil, he gets away with this. It seems so unfair. My pastor's heart is to say there is a word from God right here that gives you relief and peace and comfort. Let God take care of this. He's going to, on Judgment Day, take care of it. And, and don't start confusing grace and justice and say, well, I don't want them to be forgiven because then they'll get away with it. Whoa! His, his death on the cross paid for everybody's sins, including yours, and you're getting away with a whole lot then based on what you just said, your judgment of them, <laughs> right? If they get away with it, we do too. That's the sin of Jonah. I, mean, I didn't mention that in my little list, but Jonah wanted everybody in Nineveh killed. And God said, you know, I've got 100,000 people in that town that don't know their right from their left. And I always love this. And a whole lot of cattle, too. See, there's a whole, you want judgment just to sweep across a place. Thank God you and I are not the judge on Judgment Day. Because we'd make a mess out of that, too. But he is going, if some the people don't turn to Christ, who took it all on himself on the cross... If they don't turn to him, every single sin will be punished. In another place, he said, those who did many wrongs will be given many blows. And why do I tell you that? Because he tells you that in order to comfort you. Because you are thinking, God, where are you? 
And he goes, when I show up, it'll be the big day for everybody. He does show up other ways, but when you want the big one, it'll be the big one for everybody. One of the verses I gave you is Malachi chapter 3, and it's, it's really kind of cool. It's at the end of the chapter, verse 16 and 17, and he goes like this. He's talking about justice. Justice is coming. I will find every perjurer, every prostitute, every this, every that, and I am going to judge them. And then it says, it's the next verse says, and the people of God talked to each other. And you know, you're like, what are they talking about? And God's listening. And then the next words show what they're talking about because God answers what they were talking about. But the writer, Malachi, doesn't tell you what they were talking about. And God says, when I come and I bring my judgment, then outwardly you will be able to distinguish the righteous from the wicked. Right now, a plane goes down, the righteous die with the wicked, right? You can't distinguish, right? Cynically, fatalistically, Billy Joel saying only the good die young, right? But you can't tell on earth with your eyes who the God's favored are or not. Because the most favored one died on the cross at 33. You cannot tell without the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. So God brings his word to us in all these places I've mentioned and says, Judgment Day, I'm going to take care of all the wrongs. You can bet your eternal life on it. Therefore, just make sure you're hiding in the Son of God and his righteousness, not your own. And make sure everybody you know is as well. Go to that last slide, if you will. I don't know if you've been with me all along. I haven't even looked at your slides. I'm sorry, Zach. Nobody else is looking. No, I'm just teasing. Go to this. Just flip, flip through, Brooke, or those slides. Whoever's got the slide. There you go. Shalom. See the picture of Judgment Day with Shalom plastered over it? The Jewish greeting. Um, the word Shalom is in the word Jerusalem. Jeri would be city and shalom salom is peace the city of peace right shalom means peace so it's an old jewish greeting it's out of the bible jesus as the resurrected savior who was a jew talking to jews he in a a, metaphorically he baptized the term shalom on in john 20 when he rose from the dead because he came to his disciples and he used the standard greeting Shalom, peace to you. But then he said, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. Go and preach this good news to the whole world. On Saints Triumphant Sunday, the part of the diamond that we're looking at called the great news, the good news of Jesus Christ, is the fact that God's justice will be completely seen for what it is without mitigating grace because the Christ has already taken the sins of the whole world but every good deed by faith will be rewarded and every evil deed of those who had no faith will be punished and so justice and grace will be fixed and this is the meaning of shalom everything will be okay that's shalom Shalom, peace to you. Peace is when you're calm, no anxieties. Everything will be okay. We do, and it's okay. We take medicine to bring shalom sometimes when we can't control our anxieties. It's okay. 
But this is the spiritual that speaks to the mind that's thinking, the spiritual Xanax. The gospel, I got it. God says, I got this. I took all the sins away for all people so I could have a good news preached to all people, the best, even the worst. But I also, I've got this. On judgment day, it's going to be the best day of all of your lives. I Remember how I started the 10-year-old boy? And then I said, we're like that in God's eyes with all the beautiful things of earthly life that we say, that's the greatest day of my life. He goes, mm, there's another day coming. We're going to say like that 10-year-old boy and be right on when our judgment day comes. Whether you're feeling it now might be whether or not I preached it well enough. It might be whether or not you believe it well enough. That's for our struggle as the church militant. But you're going to say it as a believer on that day. You're going to say, this is the best day of my life. And then the next day you're going to go, oh, this one's a little better. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's Jesus. That's what was in his heart when he said all this that day. He wants you to have it. Amen.